In today's gospel, we see this parable of the rich man and poor Lazarus, how the tables will turn at the end of our life, how those who walked in the way of sin and wickedness, they, as we heard in our responsorial psalm, are like chaff which the wind drives away. The way of the wicked vanishes. But those who trust in the Lord, they are like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches out its roots to the stream and they will never fade. They will prosper forever. The rich man in today's gospel, we hear he actually didn't do anything quite actively evil. We don't hear him saying that he uh, cheated the poor or did anything particularly wrong. You know, he might have even had this impression of himself. I'm a good person. I haven't murdered anyone. I don't steal. Maybe he doesn't even lie. But what was his great sin that leads him to that place of torment after death? His neglect for his fellow neighbor. It's what he didn't do that gets him in trouble. It's what he didn't do which makes him have a wicked heart. And that's why at the beginning of Mass, we confess our sins in the ways, you know, four different ways, in our thoughts and in our words, what we have done, and then what we have failed to do. So even that neglect can be a very serious sin. And the tables yet turn. Poor Lazarus, we find out he actually was the blessed one throughout his life because in his poverty, he had to remain humble. He knew he was not only at the mercy of his neighbors, of other people, but he knew he was at the mercy of God. And that's true blessedness, when God helps us realize we can't do this on our own, that in our misery, we need God. And so we see the rich man, he was actually, in a sense, cursed, even though he had a good life. He enjoyed his good food, his good company. He had a life of comfort. Didn't seem like anything was really going wrong for him. But in itself, as we heard in our first reading, that's actually a curse. It's not blessedness because the rich man never had to turn with trust to the Lord because he could, so he thought, rely on himself. So then real blessedness is when God allows us to be miserable, to let us see the misery of our heart so that we know that we must turn to him and not remain so hardened that we would ignore even a starving person in front of us. More torturous than all else is the human heart. 
beyond remedy. Who can understand it? The Lord alone can probe our heart. And the Lord alone, if our hearts are softened, can move our hearts to what they were made for, union with him and everyone united in him, communion. But in order to get there, we have to be willing to submit to God's will, to his order. That's the problem with those who are stuck in the way of wickedness. They go against God's ways, God's order, God's law. And the rich man we heard, he tells Abraham in the afterlife, you know, well, at least warn my brothers. I have five brothers. Send poor Lazarus to warn them. You know, if he rises from the dead, they will repent. And what does Abraham say? If they won't listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone rises from the dead. Basically, even a miracle, like someone rising from the dead, is not going to move their hardened hearts because they are set in their ways of wickedness. Moses and the prophets represents Scripture. So if we don't listen to the Word of God, if we're not moved by Scripture, what we hear it at Mass or when we read it on our own, we're not going to be moved by any other miracle to get in line with God's ways. Only a humble heart, a one in which we recognize our misery, that is the only way which we will be allowed to see and be moved by God's word. St. Faustina, she often describes all throughout her diary her misery. She's constantly referencing just how miserable and wretched she is. And yet, that's only because she wants to highlight just how great God's mercy is, how desperately she is in need of the Lord's mercy. Well, at one point early in her diary, passage uh, 77, she describes the experience, a kind of darkness that she was tempted with. She said, my mind became dimmed in a strange way. No truth seemed clear to me. When people spoke to me about God, my heart was like a rock. I could not draw from it a single sentiment of love for him. When I tried by an act of the will to remain close to him, I experienced great torments, and it seemed to me that I was only provoking God to an even greater anger. It was absolutely impossible for me to meditate as I'd been accustomed to do in the past. I felt in my soul a great void, and there was nothing with which I could fill it. I began to suffer from a great hunger and yearning for God, but I saw my utter powerlessness. I tried to read slowly, sentence by sentence, and to meditate in this way, but this also was of no avail. I understood nothing of what I had read. The abyss of my misery was constantly before my eyes. Every time I entered the chapel for some spiritual exercise, I experienced even some even worse torments and temptations. More than once all through Holy Mass, I had to struggle against blasphemous thoughts which were forcing themselves to my lips. 
I felt an aversion for the holy sacraments, and it seemed to me that I was not profiting from them in any way. It was only out of obedience to my confessor that I frequented them, and this blind obedience was for me the only path I could follow and my very last hope of survival. The priest explained to me that these trials were sent by God and that in the situation I was in, not only was I not offending God, but I was most pleasing to him. This is a sign, he told me, that God loves you very much and that he has great confidence in you since he is sending you such trials. But these words brought me no comfort. It seemed to me that they did not apply to me at all. After leaving confession, all these torments would again seize me with an even greater ferocity. I would then fall on my face before the Blessed Sacrament, repeating these words. Even if you kill me, still will I trust in you. It seemed to me that I would die in these agonies. But the most terrible thought for me was the conviction that I had been rejected by God. Then other thoughts came to me. Why strive to acquire virtues and do good works? Why mortify and annihilate yourself? What good is it to take vows, to pray, to sacrifice and immolate yourself? Why sacrifice myself all the time? What good is it if I'm already rejected by God? Why all these efforts? And here, God alone knew what was going on in my heart. And then St. Faustina describes how she got out of all this, this misery she was in this torture her heart was experiencing. She says, once when I was being crushed by these dreadful sufferings, I went into the chapel and said from the bottom of my soul, do what you will with me, O Jesus. I will adore you in everything. May your will be done in me, O my Lord and my God, and I will praise your infinite mercy. Through this act of submission, these terrible torments left me. Suddenly I saw Jesus who said to me, I am always in your heart. An inconceivable joy entered my soul and a great love of God set my heart aflame. I see that God never tries us beyond what we are able to suffer. Oh, I fear nothing. If God sends such great suffering to a soul, he upholds it with an even greater grace, although we are not aware of it. One act of trust at such moment gives greater glory to God than whole hours passed in prayer filled with consolations. Now I see that if God wants to keep a soul in darkness, no book, no confessor can bring it light. St. Faustina then describes why God allowed that, that she may grow in her trust in the Lord, that she's not going through following the ways of God because of what she receives here on earth, consolations or anything like that, simply out of love for God, a pure love, a love which expects nothing in return. And that misery then allowed her to solidify her trust in the Lord and her submission to God's will. It was only when she prayed, may your will be done in me, O Lord my God, and I will praise your infinite mercy. That's why in the Our Father, we pray, thy will be done. So essential. And if we can hold on to the ways of the Lord, allow his word, the scriptures, to penetrate our hearts, 
then what would be like, we heard in the first reading, you know, that firm tree with leaves which never fade and prosper forever. It's only the wicked who will be like a barren bush in the desert, which will be blown away by the wind and vanish. The Lord alone can probe our mind and test our hearts. He sees the torture our hearts experience. But so often, our hearts are torturous only because we refuse to submit to God's will, to get out of that misery, simply say, thy will be done. Don't be like the devil who said, non servium, I will not serve. That is what causes his eternal misery. Our misery on earth is temporary and is simply to remind us of the great need of the Lord's mercy for us, that we may submit to his will and prosper forever. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.